0: I want to start off this message by referring to a scripture that uh, Dio mentioned in her prayer. It's a scripture that captures the essence of this whole weekend. John 3.16, which states that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Eternal life. Eternal life. And then last Sunday, we celebrated that entrance of Jesus in Jerusalem. It was Palm Sunday, and we celebrated his entrance into Jerusalem, and you saw that he fulfilled prophecy. For example, Zechariah 9.9, where it stated that the king would enter Jerusalem uh, riding on a donkey. And so we noticed that in that entrance, he fulfilled prophecy. But there was something else about last Sunday, which I didn't mention. I'd like to bring to your attention. That Sunday, that Palm Sunday, was also the Sunday when the lambs that would be sacrificed later in the week were chosen. That was lamb choosing Sunday. And on that very same day, Jesus enters Jerusalem. I don't believe it was a coincidence Mm -hmm. that Jesus happened to come in on that particular Sunday. I believe that was planned. By, the, by God, that, that it would happen on that day. And as Jesus enters Jerusalem on that, on that day, he is saying, here I am. I'm offering myself as a lamb. One sacrifice for all humanity. I mean, the, the Jews had to do it every single year. They had to keep on repeating sacrifices and so on. But Jesus, he offered himself once for all. But as he entered that day, you remember what happened that, you know, the the people were crying, they were praising, worshiping, and the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they got very upset and they actually told Jesus, just tell your disciples to stop. And Jesus says, no, I will not do it. In fact, if they keep quiet, the stones are going to cry out. (laughs) That's quite a statement. And so they got very angry. And then the things that Jesus kept on saying that week as he taught in the temple. And and they knew very well what it meant for Jesus to walk in to Jerusalem on a donkey. And that really stirred up those religious leaders. And on that Sunday, Jesus was marked for death. Mm. So let's Go back now, forward to that Thursday evening. So that was Sunday. During the week, he preached in the temple and a plot was put into place to destroy him, to kill him. In fact, the Word of God states that they got together and they plotted how they would literally kill him. Well, let's fast forward now to Thursday evening. Jesus gets together with his disciples. Look and listen, actually, to these opening remarks as we read it. In Luke 22, 15 and 16, Jesus says, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat again until it finds its fulfillment in the kingdom of God. So he's saying, guys, we've met before. It wasn't the first time that Jesus was meeting for Passover with his disciples. But he said, man, I've been longing for this one. And this one is my last one. I'm not, we're not going to do this again together until it gets fulfilled in my Father's kingdom, in the kingdom of God, in that which was about to happen that very same weekend. That night was an unforgettable night for those disciples. I mean, that's the night in which Jesus washed the disciples' feet, giving them a lesson of humility, of servitude. That night that Jesus made a statement that one of you guys are going to betray me. And then he revealed that person to be Judas. And that night he told the guys, I'm going to die, but I'm going to come back to life. And they couldn't quite make sense. It it was too much for their minds. I mean, they thought they're getting together for yet one more Passover. But this is turning out to be a very weird night. And then Jesus says the following as he gets together with them. He says the following. In a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. Now, come on. We're having a conversation. they say, honey, in a while, you're going to see me no more. And then you're going to see me again. What, what are you going to do? Are you going to ask me to explain, I suppose? But the disciples didn't ask Jesus to explain. They, they kind of spoke to each other. What, what does he mean? You're going to see him. Now you see him. Now you don't. Or you're going to play hide and seek. But what's going on here? And they were amongst themselves very concerned about what is Jesus saying. But Jesus knew what their thoughts were. Jesus knew what their concerns were. And so in John 16, from verse 28 to 33, we can read the following. Jesus says to them, guys, I came from the Father. And enter the world. Now I am leaving the world and I'm going back to the Father. And then the disciples said, now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. And Jesus says, do you believe? Like, do you believe that I came from God? Are you sure that you believe? Profound question. And maybe tonight, we need to allow that to echo into our hearts today. It's easy to say, oh, I believe in Jesus. Do you believe? Do you believe tonight? And Jesus says, a time is coming. And in fact, it has come when you will be scattered, each one of you, to your own home. Wow, does that sound familiar? Haven't we kind of been scattered tonight, each one of us in our own home? But then Jesus goes on, he says, you will leave me all alone you will leave me all alone. Yet, I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have much trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Wow. Notice some things about this passage that speak to us today. Like I mentioned, as I was reading, Jesus said they would be scattered. And that happened. In fact, it happened that very night, a few hours after this speech took place, as they went out to to the garden and Jesus went to pray. And then the Romans came and took Jesus prisoner. Man, those disciples just scattered that very day, that very night. They were scattered. Peter even denied knowing Jesus. They left Jesus alone. In fact, of all of those guys, only one of them was there on Friday at the crucifixion. Young John, he was there. The others, gone. You know what? Throughout church history, there have been many times when the church has been scattered. As you read the book of Acts, you, you read there was a time persecution came and the church was scattered. And over the ages, over the centuries until today, there have been occasions when the church has been scattered. Either because of persecution or because of war or because of pandemics, the church has been scattered. They've had to go home. They were not able to be together. And tonight... We are in one of those scatterings because of this universal pandemic. Yeah, we are. Lockdown. Me in my small corner <laughs> and you in yours. Uh, it, it, it's it's kind of giving me a whole new understanding of that old hymn, you know. You in your small corner and I in mine. And that's kind of how we're doing in life these days, you know. Letting our lives shine in our corners of the world. But the fact is this, that we are. In our own homes. My question is. I hope. That you have not left Jesus alone. You know it's so easy in times like this. In times of war. In times of pandemics. In times of persecution. You run away. You hide. Or you're forced to be on your own. And it is so easy for you to let your love for Jesus. Cool down. These situations have a tendency to either bring you closer to God or push you away from God. And I hope you watching this today, I hope that you are being drawn closer to Jesus. That you are home, but that you are not leaving Jesus alone. That you are sticking to Him. Amen. Very often when, when these things happen, one of the reasons that people leave Jesus alone is because they look at the situation. People get overwhelmed with the problems. It, it kind of reminds me of when Peter left the boat, you know, and, and was looking to Jesus and he started walking on the water, going towards Jesus. And while he was looking to Jesus, he was okay. But then all of a sudden, he started looking at the wind. <laughs> and as he looked at the wind, he began to sink. Mm-hmm. Huh? I, I kind of wonder, is it easier to walk on water when there is no wind? <laughs> you know? But the fact is this, guys. When we take our eyes off Jesus and we look at our circumstances, bad things happen. You begin to draw away from Him. You begin to sink. And so I, I really encourage you in these troubling times, do not take your eyes off Jesus. Today is a great time to focus on Jesus. This weekend, focus on Jesus. Let's not take our eyes off Jesus. We may be at home, but let's be focused on him. Let's not leave Jesus alone. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So let's stay focused to Jesus. Keep our eyes on him. Now, Another thing Jesus said as well is this. He said, um, I am not alone. That is a very important thing. I am not alone. You will leave me alone, yet I am not alone. Why? Because the Father is with me in his darkest hour, in his most difficult time on the earth. He had that confidence. I am not alone. The Father is with me. Now, you are in families. You are alone at home. You are in families. But there are some of you who are literally alone. You don't have family with you. You are alone. You are single. You're the only person in your flat, in your home, in your room. (laughs) But I want to assure you tonight... You are not alone. I I want you to, to know that because of your faith in Jesus, you can have the same confidence that Jesus had. Just like Jesus could say, you guys are going to leave me alone, but I am not alone. I want you to know that you may be alone in your room, alone in your home, but you are not alone. The Lord is with you. Hallelujah. And that is so wonderful to know. Jesus said, it's better for me to go. Because then the Holy Spirit can come. I will send the Holy Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit is here, He can be with me here and with you there and with everybody everywhere. We are never alone anymore. And if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus yet, perhaps this is a good time to do it. If this is not making sense to you and you, and you know you need the Lord in your life, maybe tonight is a good night for you to do this. The Lord is there with you. And perhaps you can sense his calling, his tugging at your heart. His love for you. He's loving you. He's calling you. And all it takes is a simple prayer, a very simple prayer. Just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need a savior. I repent of my sins. I repent of resisting you, Lord. I receive you today as my Lord And as my Savior, forgive me, Lord. That's all. It's a simple prayer like that. A few words spoken from your heart changes your destiny. And if you made that prayer, you've made the best choice of your life. The Bible says that as many as have believed in him, to them, God gave them the right to become children of God. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so as children of God, we can all embrace that lost verse that we read today. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Take heart. Do not fear. Be at peace. I am with you. We are having a troubled Passover all over the world. We need to embrace these words of Jesus today and take them to heart like never before. In him, we can have peace. And I know so many of you are worrying this weekend because of this prolonged lockdown. Maybe becoming concerned about your business, your job, your finances. We need to look into Jesus. Those problems are real, but his love and his power is even a greater reality than the reality you are experiencing now. And so I pray that the peace of the Lord, that peace that is beyond our understanding sometimes, that that peace will grip your heart and grip your mind. That this night, When so many out there do not have peace, I pray the peace of God will fill your heart. You should have your bread and your juice ready. If not, you you maybe want to press pause and go and get it. I'll, I'll wait for you, okay? And then when you come back together again, let's have communion together. Let's think back on that night. And let's allow these words of Jesus become part of us. Use normal bread. If you don't have juice, use water. doesn't matter. It's then the standing of the symbols that matter, not the symbols themselves. And so we're going to get together for communion right now. Okay, so are you ready for this? What's going to happen tonight is this. Um, You have your bread with you. We are, first of all, going to take the bread. I'm going to pray over the bread, and then we're going to eat it together, us here and you at home. And then I'm going to take the cup. I'm going to pray over the cup, and then we are going to drink it together. Okay? That's how we're going to do this today. But before we actually do it, uh, love, would you read those scriptures for us? Please.
1: We'll be reading from Matthew chapter 26 from verse 26 to verse 29. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shared for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And tonight, as we partake of communion, as we remember the Last Supper the supper, the Last Supper of the Lord. I would like to remind each one of us that this is not a tradition. Mm. This is a remembrance. We are remembering. We mm. are being reminded of what took place on the cross of Calvary, the exchange that took place on the cross of Calvary. What did Jesus take upon himself when he went to the cross? He took Your sin and my sin. And today we can have our sins forgiven. He took our diseases. He took our sicknesses. Mm. So tonight, whatever it is that is burdening you, is sin burdening you? Something that perhaps you feel you have failed God and tonight you need to repent? This is the time. Mm. This is the time to repent and put your life right with God. And if there is a need in your life, if you feel that there is lack and there is something missing in your life, in your family's life, in your home, just trust God as we take the symbols in a moment. Just concentrate on the power of God. The power that there is in these symbols. These are just symbols. It's just bread and juice. But it's what we remember tonight. The power that God has placed in this remembrance. Amen. Amen.
0: So, take a piece of bread. You can break it over there and let everyone hold a piece of bread in your hands. Everyone holding a piece of bread in your hands. And then I'm going to pray. And then we are going to eat this together. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for this bread, fruit of the ground. Thank you, Father, that this bread reminds us of your broken body.
1: Hallelujah.
0: We are doing this, Lord, as you instruct us in your word. As a remembrance, remembering what happened that night. Remembering what happened that weekend. As Lord Jesus, you gave your life on the cross. As your body was broken. That we could be made whole. You took upon yourself all sicknesses, all diseases. Yes. And so, Lord, as we partake of this bread today, we remember, Lord. Lord Jesus, you work on the cross. And we take this bread with gratitude and with faith and with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take and eat. And then Jesus took the cup. I'd like you all to take your cups. And Jesus says, you all, drink of it. All of you. And so I invite all of you in your room there to drink of this cup. As we remember what Jesus did for us. Let us pray and then we will drink. Lord Jesus. Thank you for the cup. Thank you for the fruit of the vine. That reminds us of your blood, which has poured forth for every one of us. For the forgiveness of our sins, Lord. Thank you that because of your blood we are forgiven. We are justified, Lord. That mm-hmm. because of what you did on that cross, I can stand in the presence of Father God, not because of what I've done but because of what you've done, Lord Jesus. And so I thank you for your blessing upon my brothers and sisters, my God. Thank you for the joy that we have, the gratitude for what you've done. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen. So brothers and sisters, let us drink from the cup of blessing now. In Jesus' name, amen. So that night, Jesus began something. And he said, you keep on doing this until I return. And you're going to keep on doing this. One of these days is going to be our last, you know, last supper, communion service. One of these days is going to be our last communion service in church. Because Jesus will return. He promised he'd come back again. But until then, we'll keep on doing this. We'll keep on remembering. We'll keep on believing. We'll keep on trusting. So this brings us to the end of our uh, Last Supper Communion service. We'll meet again tomorrow morning for a brief Good Friday message. And then, of course, on Sunday morning as we celebrate the resurrection. Until then, enjoy the rest of the evening. May the peace of the Lord Jesus be with you. Amen. And so, Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you for everyone who was able to join us today. I pray that your peace will remain in every home. Your provision will be upon every household. Your protection will be upon every life, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. See you tomorrow morning.